Welcome back to another episode of Kindred Conversations. I'm Paris Tews. And I'm Brittany Fry. And today we have Savannah Gallagher on the podcast with us. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. She, This is Savannah's second time being on. And we were just saying how this is a, feels like a big upgrade from the first time because <laughs> she wasn't living here last time and we... Um, we were new podcasters. <laughs> yes. Weird. So she was our, was she our first guest? There's no I way. I think so. Okay. We, was I? We thought no. we'd work out the kinks on her. Yeah, we thought oh, we would. Oh, sure. Yeah, she was yeah. our first guest. Oh, pig. Well, our first, our first um, virtual guest. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you so, wouldn't have given me the first seat. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> I wasn't the first. <laughs> you were worthy. Yeah. You are. But um, anyway, basically audio quality for a number of reasons is just way better now. So we're so happy to have her on and talking about all the questions that you guys submitted. Um, so Savannah, I think, did, did we explicitly say this? I'm not sure. Savannah's my little sister. And it feels like an upgrade as well because now she lives by me. And that just is the biggest treat ever. So Savannah, do you want to tell them a little bit about you and your background in design? Yes. So yeah, I'm Paris's sister and I just moved back and I'm so excited. We're, we just moved back from Arizona and we're so happy back. We're hoping to move four minutes from Paris's house. <laughs> um, but that's, and it still won't be close enough. But that's beside the point. You didn't even ask me about that. I was just excited to be your neighbor. <laughs> um, but I'm an interior architect technically is my title now. Um, I did design for a while in school and then designed for a company in Arizona for a while, and now I'm in Utah with um, a firm in Salt Lake. So it's been great. I love what I do, and my um, I do everything attached to the house. So if you dump a house upside down, basically everything that wouldn't fall out is how, how we describe it. So I'm in charge of finishes and fixtures, um, architectural details like casings and you know carpet, door, flooring, window details, lighting, all that good stuff. So... It's great. I absolutely love it. I love what I do. I feel so grateful to have something that keeps me so busy. So, yeah, that's kind of my design it's <laughs> design intro. I'm just going to add and brag a little bit. The projects that she works on are absolutely so incredible. Stunning. Yeah. Oh, you're so nice. Yeah, it's, it's really fun to see what she works on because it's all so, so beautiful. So we feel that's really so nice. lucky that she's here. Um, Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Britt, want to say what you're grateful for first? Yes, I do. I was thinking about this on the way over. Um, and I'm feeling especially grateful today. This is, feels kind of random. I feel like normally it kind of coincides and this doesn't at all, but, um, I'm feeling especially grateful today that I found such a great doctor. I, um, feel like those can be hard to come by. Yeah. And it yeah, took me a seriously. long time and a lot of research to find a good doctor. And I, um, just honestly attribute like how good I'm feeling now compared to how I was feeling for literally like a year after having Wells um to her like I really attribute mm, it to her awesome. and I'm just so health is like just I think we take it for granted you know and I'm just really grateful for it right now so that's what I'm grateful for that's good and when I feel like when you have a good one you just have to cling on to them so tight oh, totally. oh yeah so yeah like no need to mention she's in Oregon and I fly out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to see her that's and awesome. you're so grateful that you well, got her charm yeah <laughs> can we talk about why is there no okay well maybe there is but I don't know about it why is there no yelp for doctors that's no honestly real. I'm like how are you supposed to find a good doctor yep. yeah that's honestly you search true. good doctor like, utah there's yeah. like google reviews but i feel like that's more for an office not for an individual yeah right? and it's, it's hard answer. yeah it it's so hard. hard i feel like the only way to find a good doctor is through recommendation Re it is yeah. it's word of mouth i know especially if you have something 
weird or specific. Yeah. You're yeah. supposed yes. to find someone. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. No one steal that idea. I'm going to start that. <laughs> <laughs> totally qualified in the field. Paris, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so I, I, if this is a little bit heavier, but I just, it's what's on my mind. So I'm going to share it. And I've been sharing about it on social media too. So, but I, um, my younger brother today had a really big surgery and it was honestly a little bit touch and go. It was really scary. And I am just so grateful that he is recovering now. And I just, I'm really grateful for doctors and modern medicine. And it just feels like such a relief to have the surgery out of the way. And I have also felt so just loved and supported and it has been really cool to see people rally around my family. So I'm feeling really grateful for that. It's been a special experience to kind of witness how people have gathered around him. And yeah, so now we're just praying for a good recovery. I love that. I too am grateful for that same exact thing. I'll piggyback off that. Um, yeah, it's a wild day kind of waiting to hear back all day. And like Paris said, it was super touch and go. So I feel really grateful for good doctors. And, um, again, that same thing today, but mine is kind of <laughs> minuscule in comparison, but I was we driving let, today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've had so much going on in our personal life the last two weeks and even two hours. <laughs> it's been crazy. So I was driving today and the sun was shining so much on my face when I was driving and it really made me so happy. I'm like, it's January and the weather's been so bad and the inversion's been so bad and the air quality, it's so sad. Um, but I was driving and it was just such a beautiful view and the sun, it was like getting hot. I actually was on the uh -huh. phone with Paris. I was like, I turn on my AC, it's so hot. So I was just grateful for some sunshine today and it was at a good time, just made me kind of remember that I'm so grateful for where I live and I'm so grateful for the sun that shines and even when, you know, it's kind of a weird day, but that's what I'm grateful for today. I love that. I also think that's like an important example of when everything is going crazy, you can find like little moments to be really grateful for. And totally I feel like yeah. that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. It I does. Agree. It does. I felt that this morning, actually. The, the sun. sun. Oh, yeah. I, I like woke up so tired and grumpy. <laughs> woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Johnny was like, you okay? It happens. <laughs> <laughs> and within like half hour, maybe an hour of like being up, I was just like doing my thing in my routine and the sun was like shining so right through my windows I'm like this is what I needed it felt like summertime yes. I don't know it felt so good so I know I feel it like was so sunny makes a difference it really does a little bit of spring fever yeah yes. seriously totally. can't wait a little too soon for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> just suppress that yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut that back down okay so <clears throat> we asked on our Instagram for questions for Savannah um, what questions you guys had about design trends for this year and just general interior design questions. Um, anyway, we're just really excited to answer. Have, <laughs> we're not answering. Have Savannah <laughs> answer your questions for we're you. We're excited to learn from the expert. Also, yeah, we are. I'll just add Brittany and I. I feel like this is something we both love. Totally. I'm passionate like, about it. I, know, I this feel is like so fun. You, have, you have some. I used to work in, in a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Brett used to work in the and industry. Ditched that. before anything got real serious. So <laughs> you're the real expert. I call Savannah if I'm gonna make a thirty dollar purchase in my home. I like, <laughs> I'm incredibly indecisive, but I love it. I think it's definitely something that it makes. I just I really appreciate. It. It's fun. It's like a little bit of fun. It is so. so fun. I know it's the best. It's gonna be it's so the best fun. Industry. And I feel like I feel like everyone was really excited about this too. Yes, like I thought like really our listeners were are also passionate about this. Yes. Should we should we, we give like a, a clickbait to reel people in? Yes. You know? like yes. <laughs> ten things you don't know you're doing wrong in your home. <laughs> ten things your interior designer won't tell you. <laughs> 
the yeah. truth with Savannah Gallagher. Yeah, you should make that a title. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so a question we actually got a couple different times, which I thought was a really, really good question and a great way to start off. Um, is Can you just give us some tips on how to find your own personal taste and your own style? Yeah, yeah. This is something that I actually get all the time. I think people get really stressed out about putting especially verbiage or a title on yeah. their style, which yeah. there's a lot of questions kind of similar to that. Um, but my, my tip, if you will, for this is just don't, don't worry about categorizing what you like and just choose what you like, <laughs> which is funny, but I, people get so hung up on that. And even with our clients that are doing $20 million houses, that's still what we advise is we'll show, you know, we'll try to keep it consistent, but um, I think it's so important that you want to like everything in your home. And so if you're purchasing things just because your home is modern or you're trying to do a French antique or, um, you know, just try to stay true to that, it can be really tricky and you can, you know, not, not go with a lot of things that you would love. Um, so one thing I think is to kind of, what that helps with this is to try to identify things that you would like on your outfit or like fashion wise, um, because that is a different kind of asset of, or a different facet Okay, Paris just had to cut that out because I was trying to say facet and said faucet and asset. <laughs> but a different facet of design is fashion. And so I think it's easier for people to kind of grasp what patterns or what colors or textures and things you like when it's something that you're picking out every day in your closet. Um, and those things can carry over in your house too. So, you know, if you really love white, use it in your home. Um, I also think this is kind of bleeding into some of the other questions that I was planning on answering later. But one thing that I think is so, so, so helpful when deciding where you want to go with your home is trying to pull inspiration from books rather than Pinterest. And Pinterest is amazing. I love it. I use it every single day, but it can be really overwhelming. Paris and I were just chatting before the podcast. There's a lot of junk on Pinterest. Imagine if you just search pretty kitchen, yeah. you may not find one, well, <laughs> you know, like good luck. or you might end up with 10 different photos of a kitchen that you love that look nothing like yes yeah. yes Everything and you don't know like if you you know you don't know how yeah. to hone in on each of those different things so I think if you can find a specific designer or one book that you like that will already be a curated view for you within you know that designer's aesthetic and so that can be really helpful and then you can kind of start to pick out things from that book or verbs or words that they're using to describe that style. And then you can take that and run with it on Pinterest. You know, if you know you love Spanish colonial, cause that's a designer that you follow and uses that word, then it's easier to go from there. So I think that's um, a great way to kind of hone in on what you like and to help you find more of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a great idea. Totally, I love that. Plus great coffee table books. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I actually, that's so funny that you were saying that. I discovered this exact thing for myself like three days ago. <laughs> Going through Pinterest, I'm like, why every time I'm on here am I frustrated? I go with oh. like one thing in mind and I just get mad. Like while I'm searching. Oh yeah. So I was like, it was a boy snap time. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to like use this time all like as screen time anyway. So I'm like, I'm putting all, all of that away. I'm just going to go through one of my coffee table books and that was what I did and honestly like left feeling so inspired like found oh, yeah. really beautiful images anyway so that's so funny I'm like oh I, I, I just that. lived this oh Two days it's ago. the best it's the best my <laughs> husband makes fun of me because I love design books and architecture books and that's all I want for every birthday yeah. holiday Christmas he's like still yeah still that's all yep. I want and I totally use them for inspiration on projects and um yeah so I, I feel like you answered this a little bit but 
I want to just dive into it a little bit more because I think it's something people really, really struggle with, me included. But when, when you've found that and you know what you like, how do you, how, when you're decorating your house, do you make it feel cohesive? Because I think mm -hmm. sometimes you get a vision for a certain room mm -hmm. and then you want to do something different with another room. How do you make it all tie in to each other? Mm -hmm. I would say that the most important thing on that note is to try to keep one thing that you can carry over in all your rooms. So for example, if you have a wallpaper that you love and it's in your bedroom, and then you want to do something totally different for the office, try to use a color that's in that wallpaper, for example, um, just to create some that wouldn't even be necessarily visible to like someone. Like so obvious to someone yes, walking your Yeah. House. But you'll know you did it. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> suddenly we'll make it feel Absolutely. Right. Yeah. More cohesive. Or even like the same. It's a great idea. You know, this metal finish. Try to carry that over and maybe the same motif that you have in like a duvet cover or something. Try mm -hmm. to use it in a pillow or something. I don't know. There's, there's something that you can do between all your rooms, even the areas that aren't as decorated. Um, even mimicking like the shape of a mirror in your bathroom to the shape that you have on your bedspread or little things like that, that doesn't, like I said, kind of, like I said in the beginning, it doesn't have to all be modern. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you can just carry around those same elements throughout your home and have it feel cohesive, which can be easy to do on a small and large scale, but. It just sounds like you have to be intentional about it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, colors especially is a good way to do that. Um, yeah. That was great. That's a a great tip. I think I like that a lot. Um, somebody asked, what are some common interior design mistakes you see? <laughs> My answer is... <laughs> Didn't mean to do a creepy laugh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's the reason I laugh is because I think that this always, this answer can vary, but it always comes back to what's in trend, like what's on trend Yeah. at that moment is then you're going to be sad. You did it in the next year. So I think that something that we, like at my design firm, try so hard not to do is design anything that's on trend because unless it's something really small, like for example, and this is kind of another question, but if we want to do something that's a little bit more trendy or the client really wants something specific that is more trendy, we'll do it on a very small scale or something that's very replaceable like hardware or a paint color that can be really easily swapped out or right. accessories like pillows. If you if you really want a specific, really trendy thing, don't go for it for your main sofa if you know you don't have the budget to replace it a year later. Right. You know? Um, so I think that all the design mistakes I see are things that are really popular on Pinterest or Instagram for like a couple weeks or a couple months. And then it's just a bummer because it dates your house a ton. If you go into a mm -hmm. house and you say, oh, that pattern was, was so everyone, everyone was using in 2019 or 2018 or 17, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's, it's a really easy way to date your home, which is also hard for like resale value and, you know, people want well, just for houses. your enjoyment of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if that totally directly answers that question. Um, I think it's a good answer. But I think also this is kind of dumb to say, but when you are decorating your home, for example, with like hanging things on the wall and trying to place furniture, don't be scared to use Google because there are really good tips on like how high you should hang artwork. That's the thing that people mess up all the time is like how high they hang artwork well, and or mirrors. Well, that's like the easiest fix ever. Right? Yes, yes. Or even like how high you would hang something above a piece of furniture or, you know, where the rug is supposed to fall with the furniture. It's a really easy what fix to just jump on Google. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so don't be scared. It's your friend. <laughs> um, That's great. But yeah, I'll, I feel like most of the mistakes I see are things that are so easy <laughs> to fix. 
But well, obviously there's some good. doozies. That's good. But no, well, and even that's like helpful. Like if I were listening to this podcast a few years ago before I had a designer sister and I heard, oh, I should go Google like the height of all of my pictures. I would probably have to rehang all the pictures yeah. of my house and it would make my house feel so much more like that would cost me zero dollars. Right. Yeah. Rehang yeah. My pictures, and it would make my house feel so much more well put together. Yeah. Right. Or even like where to put hardware on your cabinets and you know, what sheen of paint to do on your wall. It's, it's just Google it. Yeah. Don't be scared. It's easy. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Another question that somebody asked is what elements does a room need to feel quote unquote finished? Okay. Great segue. Because... I like this question. I like it yeah. Too. I like that question too. Great job. Whoever submitted it. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. My, <laughs> my, um, little tidbit there artwork is the biggest way to make a room feel complete and I love bringing in artwork because it's a way to make your space feel so personal you know which is often I think what people are missing when they're trying to create something that they saw online and want to have all the perfect things in their room it's often missing you mm -hmm. you know because yeah. you replicated it if you don't know what to do then you probably replicated it from someone that you saw um and artwork is just such a great way to bring in like somewhere that you lived or a painting that means something to you or even if it's a print that's like from somewhere fun that you visited. I think there's there's a, a lot of missed opportunity there of just filling up your walls and obviously there's balance there but I think if it makes you happy, put it on your wall and you'll be so happy to see it walking into that room. Okay. I love, love, I think love that's that tip. such yeah. a good tip and there are like three follow-up questions I have. <laughs> okay, I have one too. Go ahead. And there are a few that people ask too. So Perfect. somebody asked, are gallery walls still a thing or should we leave those in the past? <laughs> My answer to that, that makes me laugh because, <laughs> because, because yes and no. I have a gallery wall hanging <laughs> right there. Okay, let's shut the door for the answer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that you should be very intentional about your gallery wall and again put things that really mean something to you in your gallery wall like if you have family pictures on your wall that's not going to go out of style you know but you can make that work in your home forever and ever and I was just going to tell Paris before we recorded this that um, I was installing a project a couple weeks ago it was super super nice home it's like 15 million dollar home in Salt Lake area and they have the most beautiful millwork and I mean, hand-painted artwork is all very, very curated. And um, they have this one picture above their stairs that's pretty big. It's a black and white picture of their kid who's now, I don't know, in his 30s or 40s. He's probably like four and he's flexing his muscles. And it's the cutest picture. He's like, it's like black and white. I love that. I know. And I never would have thought to do that. Um, my coworkers on this project did all the furnishings and artwork, so I did not choose that. But I walked in the home at the end, so I'm like, I'm so glad that that's on the wall. How cute is that? <laughs> it's so cute. So my answer to that is, if you love, if something brings you happiness, put it on your wall, and you can always swap those things out or mm -hmm. rearrange a little bit, and I think be really intentional with the frames and the colors that you're using. Um, and again, not doing things that are too trendy, like a frameless, you know, do more timeless frames. But that's such a great way to like yeah, bring something so that. meaningful and also a conversation point when people come into your home you can talk about you know pictures and, and yeah yeah we have a picture of miles and we're in england it was like our first trip with him and he is like breaking into a cry like <laughs> he's the best four months ever and he was he was a i have said this so many days he's a fussy baby and just like that face the little face of him like trying not to cry <laughs> i see it and I'm like, oh i love it so much and like that was him you know yeah. like he's crying but like 
that's how I will remember four-month-old Miles in, <laughs> in like the most positive <laughs> way. Yeah, and wouldn't you be sad if I was like, no, that's don't do those. Those are out. Tacky. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and of course they can be tacky. Like everything. <laughs> of course I've seen it as so bad, but I just think if it's something that makes it feel like home in, in your house and invites the energy that you want in your house and brings you happiness and so, put it on your wall. Just to be very clear, the ways to make it not tacky. Mm-hmm. Go with, Thank a, you. go with a more classic frame yes. option. Yes, that's huge. Yeah, like the classic black eye that totally will go out of style, you know, and that's a way to make your gallery wall feel cheap. Ooh, don't mean to be rude, but I also think that if you're doing really cheap prints just to fill your gallery wall, like if you know you want a gallery wall, so you're a gallery wall. Right, you're gallery just wall. finding things to go in there. Yeah, so you hurry and find things you're online to space. print off. Yeah. yeah, then I think that you can see that can go you wrong. know totally but if you have something like special and meaningful yes. to you and uh, like i mean yes there are expensive options and not expensive options absolutely options. yes but you also like i also know that you are queen of finding a great thrift store frame oh, and making yeah. it look beautiful way cheaper you know? than anything yeah there's there's definitely that doesn't doesn't mean it's expensive yeah. you know that's not synonymous with it's just being more intentional about which i think is a great kind of thing to remember with anything in your house if you buy something cheap because you need to fill the space 100% you will want to replace it in six months and you'll right. hate it and it'll be falling apart so I think it's so much better to live in a more empty home and then you really can see where you actually need stuff I had a friend I said this on the last podcast but I had a friend who lived in her home for like four years before she put up a hood and like had a dining table and I thought it was crazy but now I'm like that was so great because she had a really great dining table that she loved and she will have always you know and same with all the anyways so I think that's important too just it gets I think it honestly is more expensive to fill the space because you'll replace it if you're getting a bunch of cheap stuff right like I said cheap doesn't even necessarily have to be the word there but just things that you genuinely love not something that you just hurried and picked up because you needed a side table or whatever but something that you really like well yeah make your home feel more happy. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I actually have a question about art too. I know we have a few mm -hmm. questions, so I'm going to ask it quick. Um, maybe you can give a brief answer as well. <laughs> we'll see. Um, maybe it's complicated, but <laughs> I'm wondering how, <clears throat> obviously you talked about just like a mix of paintings and mm -hmm. maybe artwork you find on mm -hmm. a trip or whatever. And then like your own photos, how, how can you make all of those different elements work like in Ooh, that's a great question can you combine them in the same space do you separate yeah, them by room yeah like, that's a great question that? I think you can definitely combine them by space if you do it well okay. um I think probably specifically what I have in my mind is like a crisp family photo versus like an oil painting yeah could be kind of hard so I think that if you mat them all the same then it helps it feel way more consistent right um so if you have the same matting especially if mm -hmm. you're using a lot of different types of media artwork right um, and then also with family photos, if you have, for example, if you have like a lot of vintage art or things like that with a little bit more character, then print your family photos with more character. Get them okay. printed professionally where they have like a green, you know, and a, yeah. like an interesting um, edge detail or something that makes it feel still in the same, the same zip code as yeah, your artwork. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be the same, but I think the way you print it is huge. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. I love that. Um, okay, I feel like this is in the same vein, but a little bit different. And you kind of answered. Anyways, <laughs> um, someone asked, and I thought this was the best question, how to help your house have feeling and not just feel like it's full of them, not just stuff. I love that question. And, and you're really good at that. So I was Oh, you're so nice. You. Yeah, I did kind of touch on that, but um, 
I see this happen all the time and I've done this, you know, where you just have to fill space and you need furniture to put something. But if you are intentional about everything that you buy for your house, and like I said, that does not mean price. That does not mean expensive. But if you take time, I know you talked about this on one of your episodes. I think it was with things you want, like clothing or things you want to buy. I can't remember what the advice was to put it on a Pinterest board Rachel. or something. Yeah. 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 Rachel, she gives the, gives the best Rachel. advice. I hope she listens and hears She's me. She's literally compliment been mentioned her. on like the last 10 episodes. <laughs> I love. I was like, so Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, you're doing great. We gotta come up with a few other names for her. Yeah. <laughs> so at least sounds like you know other people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, Sarah mentioned on the podcast. Um, I think you can do that with furniture and items that you put in your home too to live with it for a second and make sure that it's something that you want to purchase but when I imagine a happy home that feels intentional I imagine like for example looking at a surface let's say I don't know a sideboard or a dresser or something that you would typically put decor on how much happier to look at something that's like things that you thrifted and worked for or something that like your kid made and out of wood or you know something that has meaning to it and that brings you happiness and joy when you look at it rather than like something that was a, you know, a candlestick from Target, which absolutely is great too. And there, you know, it's hard to find that can be a lot of pressure to curate a whole home on things that you really love. But I think that that brings so much more warmth and happiness to a space. That's something that you can tell that the owner of that home intentionally like curated this, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's not just, I don't know off the shelves and that's that can be well, I feel <laughs> stressful like just but some common a common theme i'm hearing is don't rush it yes yeah. oh my gosh like, yes you don't your home doesn't have to be a hundred percent decorated and finished and perfect the first year you live in it or absolutely it's first keep it empty for a little bit yeah like, totally. it's something that can grow with you and i think that that's pretty beautiful yeah and yeah. if you have like an extra room that you don't know what to do with don't just fill it you know yeah. think about how that room can serve your family in the next year and then purchase more intentional. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great theme for everything with design is just being intentional with every single thing down to like the silverware that's in your drawers, you know, it can make, can make a huge difference. So I think that's, I also think this is going to sound so cheesy and tacky, but the space that you live in is so important. It, I mean, think about all the memories that you guys, like you guys have families, think about all the memories that you've made in your home. And it really does matter, you know, when you think about those things, like what you're surrounded with. And I think that's huge. And it's so awesome that that's something that you can help kind of create those feelings and memories in your home for your kids, you know, totally, and have like a happy environment with things that you can teach them about. Yeah, that's perfect. Going off of that also, I'm curious, are there any like architectural elements that can make your home feel like a little bit more cozy and warm i don't know if that's what they meant by the word Mm -hmm. homey but i'm gonna i'm gonna run with it i'm gonna think they meant like cozy and warm (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) i'll I'll do cozy and warm um yeah absolutely one thing that it makes a huge difference is this is kind of i just said that not to do this (laughs) but one thing that's really trendy right now is open floor plans which is great um But one thing that I've noticed and one thing that we're trying to do a lot more is to take it back to like old European type architecture that doesn't go out of style, that's tried and true, which is a little bit more um, intentionally, again, intentionally set spaces for each room. And so my answer kind of to that is what I thought of is like allowing a header or an arch or some walkway into Mm -hmm. a space that helps you kind of, this is where 
we do our homework and mm-hmm. read our scriptures and say our prayers or read books or, you know, and this is where we eat dinner, that it's not all just open. I think that's, that's a kind of drastic answer because if you don't, you know, have the budget to make those architectural differences and that's hard, but, no, no, no. That's um, cool, I think this is so dumb. This is such a funny comment, but this is something that I noticed all the time. If you're building a new house, I don't know why people don't think about this, but nobody lines up the header heights of their windows. Nobody does it. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. And if I say that, now you're going to look in your house and realize that all your windows go like this. I guess you can't see my hands, but... They're um, moving up and down. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're moving. They, they move with you when you walk. No, but I, that's something that's so simple. But if you're building a new house or try to think about like what's going to be in your line of sight and try to make things symmetrical because that will feel like harmony once you're living in this space and you would never notice you know people don't notice that kind of thing totally but that's an architectural thing that makes a big difference okay i love, I love it that. okay going with the theme of homey and also collecting things that you truly love how do you find the balance of having it feel homey and have having your space full of things that you love without making it feel cluttered oh that's a great question um, I think having a spot for all those decor items to go on, like a shelf or, you know, a surface and something that feels like it has a place. And I also think that having, um, having a set place for everything to be put away, if you want to, for example, like have a spot where your charger, your computer charger goes away or where your keys are put away, um, which is, or like your lunchbox, things like that, that you're using all the time that you wouldn't necessarily think about having a spot, but, allowing those things to have a spot to live in in your home will help it feel clean. And then um, kind of the decor can, you know, be more, it won't look like a mess if it's clean around it. Um, yeah, no, that's, a, no, that's, that makes sense. yeah, that's a, that's, a great <laughs> that's kind of a hard, no, that's, but, great. that's helpful. Yeah, it is. I agree. Okay. What items are worth splurging for? We talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. So I, or the last episode. So I'm anxious to see what you think. And then also where do you like to save? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that totally depends on the person and what's important to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Especially, like, I mean, especially I feel like you've been saying so much, like, buy things you love and, yeah. like, be very intentional about it. And so, I mean, along that same vein, it just makes sense that, like... It, totally. The whatever, things that are important to you, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. I would absolutely splurge on a vintage piece that's like from an era that I really appreciate and have studied I would totally do that but for someone like why would you spend a lot of money on an old piece of furniture you know <laughs> so I think for someone that would totally wouldn't make sense but a good general answer is just the things that you use every single day and are going to be well loved like for example your sofa um I think that's a really great place that's worth the money because you will take that sofa in every house that you go to and do something more, um, you know, that could be kind of cohesive with a lot of different aesthetics if you do move to a different type of home. But I think a sofa is huge because you sit on it every day and if it's not filled well, it'll wear so fast. Um, Whereas you can have it for years and years. I also think dining table and chairs is a great thing because there's so much food, especially if you have kids, there's so much wear on it and the chairs are getting banged up. That that I think is a good area to splurge as well, um, and cabinetry. Just so they like hold up better. Yes, yes, and like I said before, it will end up being cheaper to yeah. just no, spend true. the money on something. Right. You know, we bought inexpensive, I mean relatively inexpensive dining table mm-hmm. and chairs a few years ago, just because we needed a dining table and yeah. chairs. Because I mean, I mean, we needed it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> somewhere to eat. Yeah. Anyways, and they're falling they're literally falling apart yeah <laughs> miles miles has done it a number on oh it. yeah and <laughs> everyone will yeah and i think if you if you absolutely need something like that then just go so cheap 
like where Facebook you know, like Facebook Marketplace yeah. or Goodwill, where you know you're only gonna have it until you can okay afford something. With, yeah. Yes, and yeah. it's you view it as something temporary. Whereas yep. if you go like mid level cheap, then you're just gonna replace it in the next time. Because that's you know? still expensive. It's still expensive. Yeah. There's no yeah. such thing as cheap furniture. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh you yeah. You bought it with, like all from IKEA. It's still like that doesn't feel like replaceable absolutely no, totally. yeah and then saving i think um rugs i think is a good place to save and just kind of go with something cheaper because it's such a great thing to swap out and make the biggest difference in a space if you want to really change up the way something looks um so i think rugs are a good thing to do and then accessories like pillows or throws things like that again something great to switch out like seasonally or as you get over certain colors and patterns that you don't like anymore um so, yeah, that's probably my answer to that, which, of course, changes, but... No, that's great. I love that. That's great. I think my number one uh, bring it home is the sofa. Just just spend on the sofa. Totally. <laughs> It'll I, be worth no, it. I think that's great advice. I really do. We um, got a nice sofa when we, like, moved into our first home that we owned, and we were, like, out of school. We bought ourselves a nice sofa, and it's my very favorite thing like oh. it's my very very oh, favorite does it thing. bring you happiness oh my gosh so I bet. Much. <laughs> and it's yeah. so comfortable i love yourself and it's white which a lot of people were like scared are you dumb yeah are you doing white sofa <laughs> but it's spot cleanable or whatever okay. the word is there you go anyway and like that was something we knew when we got it and seriously like to this day i like can clean it it looks so nice and honestly i love it so, it's so worth it. And I you probably like would have bought another one by now, I'm sure. Oh, for so, sure. We had a crappy one before that. Oh, and yeah. like every day of my life, I hated it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I love um, having a sofa that I love. Yeah. We all sit on it all day long. Yeah, it so makes memories really nice. there. Yes. Um, I would also just like to interject here and say that I am not going to sit here and pretend like I don't have a sofa from Facebook Marketplace <laughs> right now. <laughs> I for sure do. And it's really pretty disgusting. So can't wait to... Uh, you buy one to, in our home, I hope. Yes. Your, yeah. Well, you're waiting. Yeah. You're waiting. Yes, We're exactly. waiting. And I think it was $100. And my husband bought it the day I had surgery and carried it up our apartment stairs by himself, oh, which every time I see it, I think about that. I'm like, how did he get it up the stairs by himself? <laughs> Anyways, beside the point. But we <laughs> have a cheap one. Flash. Yeah. And I think it smells like something gross. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something gross. Okay. This kind of goes along with the last question a little bit. But um, somebody said, my husband loves modern design, but how do I make that feel cozy? Mm, the classic. I feel right at home with that question. <laughs> like, there's a, a little joke in design school that residential interior design is marriage therapy. Because every time a couple or a client comes into the office, this is exactly how it goes. Their husband wants something totally different than the wife. Um, which is great, but also you're both living in the house, so you have to kind of create something that you're both going to be happy living in. Um, my, my advice here is, um, to get divorced because you're not going to wear skinny. No, you really want to Let me know when you figure it out because every designer is wondering. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I think that you definitely, there are spaces where you can really commit for either one of you to make it something that you really, really want. For example, if your husband wants something totally different than you, then let him really commit and do something that he loves in his office or like in the basement or in like a in his space. space. Yeah, in his if space. He has a space. Yeah, yeah, and it's not really fair for you to take that away from him if he really wants like specific colors in there. I think let him do that. Yeah, and then you can maybe do something a little bit more collaborative for the main areas of the home where everyone's gonna be. But same thing if like the wife, if you have an office or like something that areas that you spend more time in, then. Make those, you know, more consistent with how you want. And with this question specifically, how can you make a modern 
room feel a little bit more cozy. Textures are huge with modern. Um, modern is typically, not always, but typically can be pretty um, stark and clean and neutral. And I think people kind of don't use texture as much as they can. Like you can bring in so many different, like a waffle texture on a throw or like a loomed pattern on the, you know, on the rug. And even if it's neutral and modern, some different textures on the pillows and that will make it feel so much cozier. So I would just say, even if you're doing really modern shapes and lines, play with texture for that. It's great. Love that. Okay, here's another mixing question. Somebody <laughs> said how to mix wood tones. I never know if it's right to mix. Oh, I love that question because that is so hard. Um, <laughs> okay. Especially to talk through. Like, there's no visuals. Yeah, okay. <laughs> here's my visual. Everyone in Matt, everyone close your eyes. <laughs> so, this is kind of hard to explain. So, if you're try to imagine, like, a natural piece of wood, it has so many different um, colorations and variety just inherently mm -hmm. in its kind of properties. So, if you're, like, I'm looking at this kind of nodding right here on this wood table, and it has a lot of warmer like reds to it so I would try to pull this color in something else like if this is the table and I want to you know do a wood flooring pull something from the wood that you're using which can be look really different like if you look, look at this this has like gray graining to it so you could definitely do something gray and have it feel consistent with the wood on top even if it's a totally different species love that um, yeah it's a if you people wouldn't recognize like this table for example they wouldn't even recognize this has so much yellow and orange and gray right. and dark chocolate browns and more rich kind of tones but if you pull from this then it'll make it feel consistent without even mm -hmm. it's subtle but you know no one else would notice that but I yeah. love that it does feel really intimidating but yeah just study so study the piece of wood that you're trying to match and mm -hmm. I love mixing wood tones that's I think really um a great thing to do <laughs> yeah love it yeah Okay, we got a few questions about smaller spaces. Mm -hmm. So what recommendations do you have for basically small spaces, both for making them feel larger and also just designing them in general? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, for a small space, I think it depends on what you want, it to, if you want it to feel more vertical, like if you have really low ceilings and your intention is to make it feel more vertical, for example, then try to use vertical patterns in the space, like a, a vertical striped pillow or even like a wallpaper or something that's drawing your eyes up, um, makes a huge difference. And then same thing if your space is too tight and you want it to feel more expanded, like horizontally, then same thing, use patterns that are moving side to side more, um, which will make a huge difference. Kind of, it's kind of a mind trick. And then also just the colors that you use. If you're using lighter colors, then you can make it feel more vertical. And something that is kind of uh, counterintuitive that people always think the opposite. With a small space, particularly if you want it to make it feel, if you want it to make it feel larger, use larger objects, like larger pieces of art. So, for example, if you have a small room and you want to put something on the wall, instead of doing a gallery wall that's breaking up that line of sight to a lot of different lines, use use a huge oversized piece of art, and it'll make that kind of feel more extended. Um, and then mirrors also is a great thing to utilize to kind of reflect different things. Um, but yeah, just be intentional about what you're putting on the wall and kind of think about how that's going to break it up visually. And yeah, colors, patterns, and wall decor would be really important and helpful there. Love that. Great. Anything like as far as furniture placement goes in smaller spaces? Um, I think just making sure that you have enough 
walkway to not impede on a walkway because I think that's when a space feels really small as if you really can't yeah. move around if you know if you're walking in with your groceries and you can't get around your furniture or squeezing around the sofa yes so I think it's better to have less seating and make sure that you have like a minimum of three feet walkway where you're planning on having more traffic um which if you're listening to this and you live in a really small apartment you're like sweet that helps me none because I can't have <laughs> you know like, there's not enough walkway with my sofa or whatever but um if you do have the opportunity to keep those walkways, it's worth it to have those not be impeded. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. Somebody asked how to style dated built-ins. One thing with built-ins is my answer would be very similar to kind of the theme of the night is just being intentional with what you're putting on them. But one thing that makes a huge difference with built-ins especially is hardware. And hardware is a really ch the cheapest way to upgrade something or your cabinetry in your kitchen, for example, or on a built-in. It's so easy to swap out the hardware with something that you like better than, of course, paint and things, but that'd be my simple answer for that question. So it'd be like built-ins with um, drawers. With, yeah, obviously. yeah, or drawers, yeah. yeah. And if not, just if it's open, open shelving, shelves. yeah. You can always also, one thing that I love to do with shelving is you can always add a texture behind them. So if you're able to add like a beadboard or even a wallpaper behind the shelving, pretty. or even like so in a cabinet pretty. that has the beadboard, yeah, yes. yeah, love that. Or even yeah. cabinets that have like a glass door on it. Mm -hmm. I love when people do wallpaper like inside a hutch pretty. or something. Mm -hmm. Looks gorgeous. So yeah, you can definitely add a texture behind and makes cool. a huge difference. Makes everything feel better on it. Um, somebody asked, and it's another, it's another question about being cohesive. But how do you make lighting specifically look cohesive throughout a home? But Ooh. still feel unique and fresh in each space. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, one thing I always do, I design by space. So I'll design the kitchen and then the master bathroom in its totality. Um, but I always have a lighting board where I put a picture of every single light fixture going in the whole home to make sure that it kind of all feels cohesive. And it's funny when you're designing one space and you're looking at, if you're designing, let's say a bathroom, for example, and you're looking at the tile with like the millwork in there and with the face frame of the cabinetry and the light fixtures, it might not feel too... I don't know, traditional, but when you see all the lighting together, it's so easy to pick out a light fixture that's like, oh, that is way too modern for right. everything else. Or <clears throat> yeah. um, so that's easier said than done if you're, you know, if you're like trying to slowly do your house, then just try to I don't But know. no, if you're gonna buy something, then it makes sense to look at it yeah. with the other oh, things yeah. that you already have. With totally. your other light fixtures. Yeah, and you wouldn't really think if you're purchasing a light fixture for your entry, you wouldn't necessarily think to hold the sconce and Miles' bathroom to make right. sure it's consistent, right. but a consistent really lighting package. And that really helps with, that kind sense. of answers that question from before too. I think, I'm sure that will help with like the whole, the cohesiveness of your whole house. Yes, yes. Even if you can carry like a similar shade detail mm -hmm. that you have on a different chandelier into a sconce or something. Right. Um, yeah, which again, like a, a viewer or someone a viewer, <laughs> I guess, a friend, perhaps you could go as far as saying <laughs> anyone who comes into your house, a viewer, like it's a museum. Uh, I'm embarrassed. Um, anyone who comes into your house, viewer or not, <laughs> might not like recognize those things, but it will just help it feel more cohesive. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And I, and you'll know. Yeah. So who yeah. cares what yeah. the viewers think? You'll know. <laughs> the viewers don't know what you know. They don't know about your lighting board. <laughs> Okay, um, the next question was, should I get rid 
this. I love this question. Should I get rid of my old fake plants? Yeah, you should. <laughs> you know, for sure. Based on the way that she asked that question, she doesn't like them. Yeah, yeah. She knows. She knows what she needs to do. <laughs> if you love your old fake plants, you keep them because we keep things we love. <laughs> you take a picture of it and then you throw it away. <laughs> mentality we were raised on yeah take a picture and throw it anyways i'm i'm kidding but i'm really not at all we know we're not kidding (laughs) (laughs) no but actually that is okay i have a question going off of this though so okay we're throwing out the old fake plan yeah we sure are but you know we live here in utah middle Mm -hmm. of winter everything's dead um what do you do to like make your house you know add a little greenery make Mm -hmm. your house feel like a little I don't know. I would say a little more alive. Yeah. Purchase something that you know is realistic for you. <laughs> we just bought a ficus, so I'll keep you posted. Ooh. And your ficus could be cuter. Thanks. It's so cute. Thanks for the support. Yeah. I love your ficus and you. Um, but I think that, yeah, purchase something that you feel confident you can keep alive. Because if you want an olive tree, go for it. But if it's dead in a year, then you'll feel sad. Because right. Because it's just, it's expensive. Totally. It's expensive. So there are also good fake plants, right? Yeah, there are good fake plants. There are good fake plants. If you can get one that looks good, of course there are. There's a brand called Nearly Natural that's actually on Amazon that is the best one that I've found. They do love that. They do good faux greenery. Um, but I kind of had a thought on that in general, which is this is like the motto of my design firm, <laughs> mine, as if the design firm I work for. Um, <laughs> Natural materials will stand the test of time. And if you're, of course, that is a budget thing. (laughs) So, of course, that's hard. But if you can, purchasing a porcelain tile that looks like marble will never, will never read the same. Purchasing a fake limestone or purchasing a fake tree or, or like a fake wool. And it will never read the same. And it will always kind of deteriorate over time. And this is kind of a... I don't know, extreme example, but clients always come in and are really weary about wool carpet because it's so expensive and everyone hears about it, but it holds up so much better because carpet that has synthetic materials in it will always wear differently. And I think that's a kind of funny example, but really it's true with everything in the home. If you can do something that's the real raw material that they used in Europe hundreds of years ago, that will look good in your home forever. That will never go out of style. But if you're doing like a fake porcelain knockoff of that, then it will go out of style because it's not going to be quite right. Right. And so I think if you can, and that doesn't, I mean, most of the time it means more expensive, but not necessarily always, you know, like if you can do like terracotta or hand painted things like that, then that'll stand the test of time. Okay. Well, honestly, I feel like you really touched on all the questions that we got. So thank you so much for coming, Seth. Yes, this was so fun. Feels like we're just hanging out. Well, I know. Because we are. I I <laughs> love painting your brain. It's so fun. I'm like, I like feeling inspired with my house. And I like talking to you too because I'm like, do I love everything in my home? Definitely not. But it's fun to think of things that I do love in my home and things that I do want to put time into. Mm-hmm. And like, I love photography. So I'm like, oh, what photos can I yeah, be incorporating? Totally Anyways, I love it. So thanks, Seth. Anyways, thanks for having me. This was so fun. And hopefully... And blab you off too much about design. No, <laughs> it's no. It's my most favorite thing, so I can talk this about it for a long so time. This was so fun. No, this was that so was perfect. Fun. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Okay, thanks.